Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Stay tuned for a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do, because you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplug like a fool swung titty About get jitty Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Yeah Cause this unhinged comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready Cause we bout to get it poppin' And we ain't stopping. I'm educated, I'm filtered unhinged This the Mangina Dialogues We had it again Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues. I am your host, Nick Scopes. And who do you want me to be today, Mr. Scopoletti? Just be Greg Alperin. I think that's who I'll be. This is Greg Alperin, Nick Scopoletti's co-host. And <laughs> who do we have with us today, Nick? Very funny, Micah Fox. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here. Great fucking intro song. Holy uh, shit. You were, you were jamming. I was going to comment on that. Like you were You were into it. I like a good vibe, you know? I like a good jam. I'm one of those people, you play a good song, I'm gonna start dancing even though it's like completely inappropriate. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. Same exact like way. Like at funerals? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I, maybe if they've I, got a I, mood. Yeah. You know? Oh man, I one of the great, this is gonna sound sick and I won't say whose funeral it was I went to, but they won't I went know. to a, <laughs> True, they won't know. Don't so, let us get back to them. So, no, no, it, this is speaking of awesome funeral music. I was on a flight to Las Vegas with a friend. Like it was for UFC 100, which is like 10 years ago now. And he turns to me and goes, oh, by the way, I forgot we have to go to a funeral tomorrow. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, what? He's like, yeah, we have to go to a funeral. So-and-so's father died. <laughs> and I was like in las vegas he's like yeah i'm like okay so we rented a convertible yellow corvette at one of those cheesy car rental places on the strip in las vegas and we drove like 10 minutes outside of las vegas to a funeral parlor thing and go into this funeral and it was a hell's angels harley riders funeral right we're in a yellow corvette oh my god awesome okay pull up go inside full band full band from the get-go these guys started rocking out you it was he was an irish guy started rocking out you two songs for literally 45 minutes <laughs> so i'm in this funeral and i don't know the person that died i don't know anyone in the family and i'm not dressed appropriately for a funeral and i showed up in a yellow corvette to a hell's angels funeral you nailed it and they're playing you two songs. So to say that I was out of place, I just figured, you know what? I'm going to dance. I danced. I've yeah. actually, I've actually seen a Hell's Angels funeral. I was walking. It was in New York in Westchester. It's dope. I'm not going to lie. When there's like hundreds of guys on motorcycles, it was like the president or whoever passed, and it like, it's it's wild. It's wild to watch. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it in my life. God, now you just named two things I'd like to see. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was one of the best funerals I've ever been to, <laughs> if not the best. I mean, how how could someone at the funeral, someone you don't know, not be the best? 
That's a good point. Right? It was so out the others. It it was it definitely was. It was on it was it was an experience, like a legit experience. Were they doing like lines of blow off the casket and shit? (laughs) No, but no, and the, the guy was also an ex navy officer, right? So there was a whole component of like armed services there doing like bugle things and they played the navy song and it went from like being insanely emotional to being like a rock concert in 30 seconds that's funny by bugle things do you mean taps something like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) or was it just like a dish of bugles no, that would have been the best if they played a bugle while serving bugles. No, it wasn't just taps. They, they It was some Navy song and then they probably played taps, but then they played a bunch of Irish songs that yeah. weren't U2 songs. It was it was a surreal experience and I'm not doing it justice at all. Um, How long anyway, did you stay at that funeral? Until it ended. <laughs> like two hours. Really? Yeah. Sounds like a fun time. And they don't bury you like in 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 Las Vegas, I guess, in the anywhere there's a desert. They don't bury you in the ground. So there was no burial. It was just like a service. They bury you above ground. Where? In, in like a mausoleum. <laughs> That's what the Luxor's for. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's a big tomb, right? <laughs> I take offense to the Luxor. It is a big tomb. By you, what you it's take offense to, to the Luxor. It's sideways elevators. How it's an inclinator. <laughs> what's what's not to fucking love? That's Vegas well, at its best. Like so even an elevator, I, you don't go directly up. Well, you can <laughs> stay in a directly straight up and down elevator at the Luxor. You don't have to go in to the pyramid. But the Luxor is one of my hotels of choice for Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, I thought um, you were hating on the Luxor. I was like, come on. No, I'm not hating on the Luxor. I happen to be one of the only people in America that doesn't hate on the Luxor. I love it. I did my 21st birthday at the Luxor. Oh, oh I was there. Yeah. Oh, you. you were. Was it over? Was it over EDC weekend by chance? <laughs> uh, no, it was. Uh, it was the year they. Uh, you know, they sprayed them down with bullets. Oh, was it really? Because <laughs> I was going to say I was there. Were you really? I, I was. I was there a week before that happened. Yeah. There. What a nice I know. I take it back a week after it happened. What no, a, a week country. before. It was a week. Yeah, around what a place! What a place we live. It's, yeah. It was. It, I just love how like what a story that was, and how just no one ever thinks about the Las Vegas shooting at, anymore. No one ever brings it up. It was like such a fucking catastrophe. It was also, like a blip. There's so many shootings. Like I, yeah. hate to, I hate to get on this tangent, but like there's so many, it's hard to keep up. Where you're like, oh, that one. Inv- oh, what about this one? But there's this one, and then that one. Yeah. There's too many. Think- you know, not to not to romanticize it, but I think that one was like so spectacular. You know, just like how Pretty, like it was it was cinematic. You know, it was like out of a movie. It was yeah. Fascinating. I mean, I even remember hearing it on the news and being like, "Come on, they're gonna make a Mark Wahlberg's gonna make a movie out of it." <laughs> Makes We're, a movie out of everything. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> so where where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. Right, nice. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah. Oh, did did that come up somewhere? <laughs> well, you have you have to do an incredible deep dive on Micah to find some of this stuff. And really? I 
it was like probably on a, the sixth page of my Google search or Bing search or something. And I stumbled upon your old blog. Oh my God, <laughs> and, yeah. It's not, I never there, down. And there's this awesome rant about Scottsdale. And I used to, as when I was a kid with my parents, I learned how to play golf in Scottsdale. We used to go to Scottsdale every, every summer for like a week or so. And I have some very good friends from Scottsdale. So I know Scottsdale pretty well yeah, and you nailed it. Yeah, you sound, you know more than most. <laughs> it, it's incredible. And I left and I, I wrote it down because I wanted to read it to, to Nick. This is going to be, it's going to be a surprise to me as well. I don't remember. You don't even remember what you wrote? Because that blog was what, like 2010, something like that? Yeah, it, yeah, it, this this was your last blog post. It was your second to last blog post. God, this sounds in, like a suicide note. I bet. <laughs> in 2011. and and I loved it. It was it's it was called a blog because now they're they're called you know influencers. Yeah. Um, TikTokers. So Nick, so Nick, this is this is her comment on uh, living in Scottsdale, Arizona. You ready? Yes. They say that Los Angeles is the place where people's dreams go to die. Scottsdale is the place where people's pathetic dreams go to thrive. <laughs> That's perfect. And I was like, you know, it, it's dead on true. It, I mean, everyone I know, it's just true. Is that it, like on the, when you like enter the town, when you enter the city, is it like on the sign? Is that what it says? Your blog posts? It's where your dreams go to die. You know, their actual slogan is most livable city. So, which I think means the same thing, but it's uh, more subtly put. Uh, yeah. What do they, what do they mean by that? Most livable city. I think, you know, white. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, it's just suburb. It's a suburb. You know, right. it's a, it's a well planned community with good schools and like also. I mean, they they should probably caveat like most livable in Arizona, which is the least hospitable state, least livable state. Right? There's no water. There's no <laughs> grass that grows naturally. You know, you put your foot down on the cement, you're gonna burn the, the bottom layer off. All the animals have thorns and shoot blood out of their eyes. It's a night. It's a hellscape. <laughs> so to, it is the walking dead. What? It's the walking dead. It, yeah. Oh, it's 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 um yeah. Like being raised there, I was just like, this is. I don't think we're all supposed to be alive. You know, it wasn't until <laughs> I visited the East Coast and I was like, oh, the air has moisture in it and I can breathe again. And yeah, it's really. I, my one of my friends who who recently who lived there for like 15 years as a second you know like they transitioned to Scottsdale as a place they thought they were going to live for a long time and they wound up living for 15 years moved a few years ago back to the east coast and one of the things he was like the the thing that Scottsdale in that area is known for the most is like they have the most amount of plastic surgeons per like capita anywhere in the country and goes back to like the most amount of breast enhancements anywhere within like a 30 square mile area are Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm moving. <laughs> Fuck it. No, no doubt. I mean, I moved away a long time ago, but like even when I was in high school, like it was very common for high school students to be getting nose jobs and boob jobs. You know, we had like people like doing the thing where they like lengthen their lip a certain amount to cover their teeth and get their ears pinned and all these like little changes. Wow. It wasn't like, 
in it high school everyone. it wasn't like in the opening scene of clueless where like everyone's in but it was like yeah it was it was a, they were like common gifts p- kids would get for good grades and shit so what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like you get a I, nintendo set you get new tits <laughs> I think it's, I think it's very possible if I was in a different family I would have already had a nose job you know by the time I was 18 you know Your parents weren't having it huh they were like nah we ain't doing this shit Oh no they just were um like yeah what's the word neglectful <laughs> Like I don't think they would have been necessarily morally opposed to it I think they just didn't care enough about me to like listen to me complain about shit hence probably why you do comedy right to get noticed right get some attention it's mostly to get medical attention (laughs) I just go on stage it's like is anyone a doctor I don't know if you guys can see this blue haze I fucking I I don't know what I did if any of your fans are doctors Um, I was pulling on, I don't know if you can see behind me this handle. Yeah. I was pulling on it and um, it was stuck and I just pulled so hard that I felt a pop and then my whole hand swelled up. This was Saturday night. And um, so it's now it's bruised. Yeah. It's either, and it hurts. I can't grab things with it. Like, you know, I like if I accidentally move it the wrong way, that it really hurts kind of like a spur. Can you move it at all? I can I can move it like this is it wasn't as bad as it was before but like if you compare it to the other one it's like clearly all fucked up anyway I was like on a shit ton of blow I think I just rage pulled my hand into two pieces but (laughs) if there are any doctors who can advise this is the best I'm I'm, I took an arnica arnica cream my therapist the most valuable advice my therapist ever gives me is like home remedies i, I don't know if she's helped me mentally but <laughs> you're just trying to get you know medical. That a bruise. <laughs> <laughs> that's that i would get that looked at would you you think i would i i would get it looked at For you gotta what? get on the comedy insurance plan the comedy, oh yeah, the comedy insurance. This yeah, is that's the, the insurance plan, plan I'm on. That's the best. I have a former client of mine. She's a physician and she has like a farm here where I live in Connecticut in town. And so for exchange for her expertise, I watch her farm on weekends when she goes away and like have to feed her chickens and stuff. So that's my health insurance plan. <laughs> that's what I'm currently doing. That's fun. You're Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> for real. There's six goats, uh, eight chickens and two ducks. Uh, that's what you're gonna have to do to get medical nowadays so so funny where are you by the way it looks like you're you're sitting outside next to a forest who me yeah um i'm in williamsburg brooklyn oh you got a lot of trees yeah um when when about a few months after the pandemic hit my lease ended where i was and I was losing my mind not being able to go outside without a mask. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to, like, respect people's space and boundaries. But I was like, I have to breathe outside air without a mask. So it was, like, one of the things. And I just hunted and hunted for an apartment with a backyard. And, oh, wow. That's uh, awesome. Thank, this one's right across from public housing. So it was, like, pretty cheap. <laughs> Com- you know, com- comparatively. Like, this place went down $1,000 a month than it was last oh. year just because oh, wow. of COVID yeah. and the related crime because COVID. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, that's a, that's awesome. Awesome. It's well, I mean, it's Williamsburg, so it's great, but also, you know, there's like a, you know, hefty amount of crime. The night we moved in, someone got shot in the back of the head, like literally across the street. I heard the shot, then went on citizen. I was like, 
Okay. Welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna stay inside for a few hours. I mean, but we're all staying inside anyway. So I was like, if I'm gonna be stuck inside, like, you know, I mean, you guys are both in Connecticut. Yeah. So, I mean, probably having yards or outdoor availability is pretty common, but for me, this is like an extreme luxury. Yeah, you know what's strange? Me, me and Nick came into the city a few weeks ago to, to do, a, Nick did a stand-up New York Park show. And, you know, out here, obviously everyone is very mask conscious and, and everything, but outside it's, it's not that common like people on the streets now it is because it's you know kicking up again but you know a month or so ago if you're just walking down the street with you know you, in your family friend in connecticut people weren't wearing masks you know they just weren't you know they put them on when they go into a place and we come into the city and we get out of our car we're walking to the park and every single person had a mask on and me and nick were like is this a law in the city yeah like, i was like shit are we <laughs> You know, <laughs> like the two assholes yeah well that's exactly it i think everyone's wearing it because they don't want to be the asshole because it's like it's outside the odds that you're spreading it are pretty unlikely but like there also are streets where like you the second you know like all of a sudden you're around a lot of people it's just the nature of the city it kind of like bubbles and hums like that so you can't really guarantee that you're not going to be close to somebody on the next block and so instead yeah. of just like doing this whole thing every time you know because it feels like there's something nice about just wearing it as opposed to putting it up when you see a person because that's too deferential i like having yeah. it on so then it's like it's not about you <laughs> some, some ego shit but i i do think it's very like the only reason i wear it walking down the streets is so that i don't get dirty looks it's not that yeah. i think it does anything to prevent i think masks are important of course for the prevention of spread but like indoors or like when you're going to be talking to somebody prolong you know all the things the scientists say you know these are these are my rules they're like you know the side but like yeah wandering like i'll be the only person on the block wearing a mask being like what am i what's who's this for there's yeah. still that's there's gonna still make so a much video. My, mike is rules of the quarantine uh, <laughs> i mean of mask wearing it's like outside inside all the time don't be an asshole <laughs> <laughs> There is like this arbitrariness because it's like you walk around with a mask, you know, you're passing people, you're not really at risk of giving or getting. And then like you go to like these park shows or like anywhere even in the park, second you sit down, you can take the mask off and no one gives looks at you sideways. It's like, why? Like, is there some medical efficacy to sitting down? That's what that's what I was just going to say. There's so many. I work at um, a gym here in Connecticut and when the gyms opened in June in Connecticut, uh, you know, you have to wear a mask when you're moving around the gym, but if you're on one, if you're in one area, say like a treadmill or a squat rack, you can take it off. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, but then New York opens, right? Yeah. New York opens. You have to keep the mask on all the time in the gym. Can't take it off. But they opened also with having full utilities. So public showers, we didn't have showers in June. I'm like, what is the, who's making these rules to wear like, like New York can open, like you can't have your mask off, but you could share a shower with a person. Like, I don't understand. I don't, I'm not sure either other than like, you know, I know like actual pools are the safest place because the chlorine, I don't know why the showers, you know, but like also just like, if you're on a treadmill, you're still breathing heavily. It's like, you're still like pushing that air, you know, pretty far. Like, are they, I guess they're spaced out. I mean, I don't know. They're spaced out. I mean, people are, 
and most people do wipe everything down after they're done. And like the cleaning people literally looks like <laughs> the cleaning people, at the gym looks like ghostbusters. They have like a backpack with sanitizer and they're just spraying stuff and they go through it. It's really wild, but we've been lucky so far. So yeah, no outbreaks. It's that's the thing is it's like, you know, I, I think me personally just wants it to be over. I don't know about any of you guys, but uh, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're all on the same, <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat there. I want this shit to be over. I was thinking about it today, about like, I just miss like, you know, going, I mean, like you can still go out to dinner and you can go do things, but like go to a bar and there's music and hang out with your friends and you know, now you got to be worried. I yeah. think yeah. the bar is what I miss absolutely the most. A lot of people miss the comedy clubs. I mean, like it sucks not having them, but I just miss being able to like duck into a bar you know you're walking around the city you're like maybe i want to take a piss maybe i want to like kill an hour before my thing and just that ability no matter where you are in the city to just kind of like here's a place i can go and like now like to not have that is such a dramatic loss yeah Yeah. it's crazy i i used to go to breakfast my my office is in midtown by macy's and i would go to breakfast at um the pig and whistle which is right on across the street from my office and you know it's a bar it's not a breakfast joint but it's a bar and i would go in there at like 7 38 o'clock in the morning and they're open and people are sitting at the bar in yeah. like suits drinking i'm in there to just get a like an irish breakfast and <laughs> i'm like these these people are living like yes. they are living life like they are they're on their way to work in a suit going to one of the somewhere around in the garment district and their first stop off the bus or the the port authority or um the long island railroad is the bar at the corner to get a beer and a shot of jameson before they go into work for the day i, I love it you know i think alcohol is the fuel that runs new york city maybe boston runs on duncan but new york <laughs> runs on fucking whiskey you know like <laughs> whiskey um, and hipsters and breweries and gluten-free donuts whatever else you guys got there oh that sounds like a real hater talking no i love fucking city are you kidding me i love that shit you know because yeah. i'm lactose intolerant and so all the vegan shit i'm like yes this is great i don't have to worry about anything this is awesome <laughs> you know you want to talk like part of nick's act or his, his routine is a whole lactose intolerant bit and he's going and giving shit to to the pure the poor uh gluten-free people yeah shame on you shame on you now micah let's talk about transition we'll get off this stupid coronavirus shit and talk about uh comedy yeah so now did you start your comedy career in arizona or was that that come later no i mean i took some improv classes when i was in high school in arizona you know and, and did the school plays but no like i wasn't doing stand-up until i got to new york okay. um, yeah so i'm pretty much new york can claim me for better or worse gotcha now when did what you brought you to new york city well um i mean i i think like the movie muppets take manhattan had a lot to do with it um i you know i did like always want always want to go you know, like, I think I always wanted to live there, here. Um, but ultimately, it was a guy I was dating. I moved to LA um, after after school, and I was I met a guy shortly thereafter, and he got a job in New York, and I wasn't really making any progress in LA. Just, you know, 
as far as figuring out what I wanted to do. And he was like, right. I've got this job for six months. You know, you want to come with, like, before you even asked me, I was like, I'm going, I'm going to New York. And, you know, like, so I moved there with him. We broke up within like two months, Good. you know, Hale is old as time. I love right. this. Place. But, you know, I had already sold my car, you know, and all this shit. And I was like, I'm in New York now and just fucking figured it out. I just needed that little push to get me there. God. And now when, when did you start doing stand up? Like, I would say within six months of moving here, I, I took um, I took a UCB class because at that point I'd only really ever done improv when I'm not an improviser and I also hate the craft for anyone at home and uh, because I was never good at it um and while I was in one of those classes I met a friend who was doing open mics at um the New York Comedy Club and I went I went um with her to one of those and it was you know like a real sad shithole but you know it was the beginning of something wait so you you don't like improv but I mean you're such a good roast battler. Those are jokes. Those jokes are written. Right. But yeah, I guess. Right. But it. I mean, not always. So you know, you, okay, so. the, the, the rebuttals are, are um, riff. Like I also can riff as a stand up. But but the thing is, those are me thinking as opposed to me collaborating with other people. I'm not a good listener. I don't, I'm not a good team player. <laughs> so I just, they say, I remember in my first improv class, they said, who you are as a person is who you are as an improviser. And I was like, oh no, I'm fucked. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm never going to be, I'm not going to be good. <laughs> I've talked to people that, do, that I've only done stand up and I've talked to people about, you know, that do improv. And I was like, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I'm too just like, you'd have to depend on other people. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, you have to trust other people and worse, you have to understand them, you know? And it, I think that's like the defining, like, so, I mean, most standups, it's like, you know, it's like Asperger City. So already that cuts out, you know, one, you know, and then the rest are just strong-headed people. You know, your mind gets going in one direction. If someone else makes a left turn, you know, you have to be nimble when you're doing improv. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Same. I, I don't think, I, I don't think I could ever do it. I don't think I'd be able to think like that with a group of people. I'd be distracted, like anything. Throw me off. I know myself. I know yeah. That. yeah, so it is so we, like people, people are good at it. Like it's very impressive. But I mean, I think also there's not a lot. There's not a lot of good improv out there. Micah, is your uh, safe word still Cosby? <laughs> no, I thought about changing it as the rapist <laughs> kept emerging. <laughs> you know, to sort of keep it up to date. But um, there's something about Cosby that I think Cosby is a very funny word, you know. Uh, yeah, my safe word's Cosby. Nothing will nothing will kill a boner faster than that word. <laughs> I guess it depends on whose. Yeah, right. Not his. Mine's gone. So <laughs> your safe word is gone, or your boner. My boner's gone. Oh. <laughs> it went away as soon You're as safe. it came on camera. You're for a few don't lie there fella <laughs> so to the roasts right so i that's how i actually really first started like diving into to you and um karen right i i don't even know how i came across it but i stumbled on your guys roast so good battle and i watched it like probably an hour straight i was in tears right like <laughs> just in tears and it was so good and it just kept dry you know i would kept like dig 
peeling back the layers. And then I was like, wow, look at this amazing shit that I found. And then, you know, I, you, you've actually written for other people for roasts. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, mean, I think the roasts are so fun. It's my, it's my favorite. Right. So that's what I wanted to ask you about writing for roasts. Right. So like the, one of the, the most like ones, iconic ones that I, I know of, if I was going to say, Hey, go watch this roast, you will, you will crack up for an hour is that Voss roast. Right. What so a, yeah. what you write on that roast, I must know. <laughs> and for whom? Wait, what did I write? So I actually, I wrote for Judy Gold mostly on that, okay. on that roast. And then I also just sent jokes into Bonnie to dispense disperse amongst others yeah. um so i i can't i'm trying to remember i don't i remember jokes that i wrote but i don't remember which ones got used yeah. you know like i think i mean my favorite my favorite joke on that roast wasn't one that i wrote but it was jim florentine's yeah. um where she's like she ended up marrying stupid rich right um i think that's i think that's the best one but I, what did I say? I, I think for DeRosa, I said he had a face only a mother could give up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was that that was just so that whole roast was so good. Um, so what makes that something you you like writing different from writing for yourself or for other stuff that you write for? Um, I, I think it's because it's like there is something fun in like being able to just be so just try and be the meanest, you know, and, but still make it clever. Like this, the challenge of like, what can you what's the meanest thing you can say about a person and how can I make that funny enough to get away with it? And yeah. it's, you know, it's like that dance and like, you know, it's all, that's kind of excruciating, too, because it's like it's just it's just all about solid joke writing There really isn't too much else to it so there's a lot like once it clicks into place there's that like feeling of like I've got this discreet thing that I can hold on to and love yeah, is, that too I, is that too romantic that was very yeah. romantic I was like wow she <laughs> I was mesmerized while you were talking Nick, Nick definitely just got his boner back by the way <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> cue the theme song <laughs> If I had a dime for every time I had to see Nick's boner, I'd have. <laughs> You'd have enough to buy him some pants. I would. <laughs> you know, it's a good idea. I should buy Nick a new pair of pants. Keep that nah, boner away. Who needs them? <laughs> so when, like, how long did it take you to hit your stride with stand-up, where you felt that you really had command, and you know, you, I mean, I'm sure you get nervous going up every time you go up, but when you knew you had command of the craft um, to do a considerable time and give the people, you know, their money's worth. You know, I'll let you know. Uh... <laughs> I think she's going to get it together by November 7th at Pinstripes in South Norwalk. You know, I've, I've done longer sets like off and on, you know, like in New York, it's not, it's not really abundant. You have to go on the road to get that time. And I've never, I'm not really a road comic um you know like I've mostly been working as a writing job during the day and then I hit spots at night kind of working for that like you know really crafting that 10 minute set um yep. sorry Nick sorry I make you yawn talking shop no that's not <laughs> <laughs> called out I know I know um so but like you know like I lived in Houston for a while working um for like nine months and so I was able to like do time out there and I think I got you know, because also it was like Texas, 
like I, you know, this, this, the fear that there would be industry watching was gone, you know, like all the pressure of like all the other comics being there was gone. And so I could like kind of relax and just sort of be like, this is my crowd. This is what I'm going to do. You know, like anytime I do a longer set of course, it's, it's anxiety inducing because I don't have, I can't do it regularly. It's not my beat. I'm not a road comic. And so I'm always like, wait, how do I put this all together? How do I, how do I pace? You know, it's, it's a struggle. Right. Well, Karen said you were going to do 45 minutes. <laughs> Did she? How much time is she going to do? An hour and a half? Yeah. She's how, long is it, how long is the show? Is it like four hours, right? Yeah, it's like a yeah. seven hour show. It's usual. Yeah. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I know everyone's attention spans are good for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think comedy should ever go past an hour and a half. I like ever. I don't care. I don't care who you got waiting to go on and like, you know what I mean? Unless like fucking Greg Giraldo's back from the dead. Like there's almost nobody like after a certain point, I'm like, all right, all right, let's fucking yeah, wrap it's it funny up. It's exactly how I feel. I think 90 minutes is is the right amount of time. It's people's mm-hmm. attention span. You know, you can do a lot in 90 minutes. Once yeah. you get past minutes, it's like your ass hurts you're bored you're people are drinking. too drunk yeah right. yes and yeah I, i've gone i've gone to the comic store in la a lot and i've sat through you know a show i went to at nine o'clock at night that ends at two o'clock in the morning and one i i'm like why the hell did i go so fucking early and why am i here so late but by once you're in like in it i i i'm it doesn't matter who's on literally like it could, the rosters are just killers but yeah. once i'm past an hour and a half and two at you want two hours i'm like joey diaz couldn't get off the stage fast enough and yeah. it's like just get to the next guy get to the next, do five minutes and it's the perfect amount of time is is 90 minutes two three hours it's just crazy crazy it's too much it's too much so what's yeah. what's the longest set you've done michael like what's your longest um, I probably like 45 minutes. I've never done a full hour, you know, you know, like um, my act in the city rotates. So like the time is there, but it just, you know, it's not often I put it all together. This will be fun when we go to Connecticut and, and stretch out a bit at pinstripes, you know, and hopefully the audience will be excited to see me like <laughs> quickly slap it all together too. <laughs> <laughs> the from here and the people from there well, and there. 40 minutes um yeah, yeah no we're super, we're super psyched i i'm very excited to for you guys to come out and yeah and of course karen, karen's a pro you know she goes yeah. she goes out all the time and stretches out so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you guys like get together and like have this awesome friendship i mean at least that's what it seems yeah, <laughs> from the show We've been, we call each other worst best friends, I think, because, you know, we're just such horrible people and, and don't take mercy on each other either. You know, I, how did we meet? I think, you know, she used to run a show um, called Stand Up and Take Your Clothes Off, which was burlesque and only female stand up. And she invited me to do that. But like my, the first time I remember being friends with her is we used to go to this open mic um, and like some this girl always brought weed and Karen was like come on this girl has weed and so the she and I were scamming <laughs> weed off of people together and um eventually we just realized we were like the two funniest people in the room every time and just connected well I mean that you know that she's got ridiculous stories I mean mm-hmm. I like rolled on the floor when we had her on um me and Nick did 
uh, for we did had our hundredth episode a few weeks ago, and we just did a look back on you know our favorite moments of the year and you know through 100 episodes and the people that we've talked to is really really freaking hard to narrow it down to six or seven clips amongst 99 episodes and there there was just that one bit from karen's episode with us that had to get in it was her her telling us about her getting fired on her birthday from the job with the guy whose van she wrote in sharpening scissors yeah yeah that's a fucking i mean yeah karen's a fool yeah. <laughs> for sure she's fucking Crazy. wild man just no. like you know just talked to her on zoom and i was like oh my god that girl was insane you could just tell like she's just on another planet and i love it it's great so before we we dump out of here which i could do this for hours but the other thing i watched was <laughs> you guys doing the recast of forrest gump yeah mm-hmm. right like, those were fun yeah <laughs> That was very, very funny, especially, especially the David Spade part. Like, you <laughs> that we both that, cast him, cast him, but one in to- two totally different yeah. <laughs> roles. Nick, you got to find it and watch it. It's I will. so. Those um, were those were really funny, right? God, I forget who I. All I know is that I needed to have Oscar Oscar Pistorius play Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she picked, I mean, it makes um, perfect sense. Of course it does. <laughs> but you, yours made perfect sense. Yeah. Hers was just based on someone being short. Right? So she... <laughs> yeah. She had, we both were dinkling. both assholes in different ways. Yeah. Right. right. Like, both the you know, same size, like three and a half feet apiece. One without yeah. legs, one with legs. It, it was just very different. But the spade thing was classic. That was... Uh. As Jenny is just awesome. Did I have him as Forrest and she had him as Jenny? I think that's what it was. Yes, you had, yeah, yeah. You had him as Forrest and she had him as Jenny. And it was, it was, it was Nick, you got to watch it. It's fucking so funny. Wouldn't you watch that movie if he played both roles? No, but we, <laughs> that would be so funny. That's the wrong Nick, who, right there. I was going to suggest you guys to do this. Who did we have on that had, that had that, that's that uh, movie short that they played Owen Wilson a few months ago. Oh, who was that? Shit. Was it Molly Austin? No. Was it Ann Reisman? Ann Reisman? Uh, may have been. Yeah. You know, Micah, do you know Anna Reisman? She's a, a New York City comedian. She hosts HQ Words. Yeah, I know, I know of her. I haven't met her. Yeah. So she, she did the, a Snapchat short film that that they her and her boyfriend played owen wilson dating himself so each of them played owen wilson that's <laughs> it was, funny it was very funny you should you guys should do that you and karen should do forrest gump you each play david spade each play david spade <laughs> doing forrest gump <laughs> and you can make it a live show and bring it to norwalk and then we could see that that'd be great you live for I'm trying to summon my like spade, my spade voice, but to, to do, but I, it's just, it's so like departed. I mean, life, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> you had to pull your hair back for a mullet though. Like you had to put pork chops down. Anyway, <laughs> so this was an insane amount of fun. It's going to get, I'm going to use bad grammar in English, funner <laughs> in a couple weeks. Um, 
with you guys. It's, we're certainly so looking forward to it. Yeah, at um, our show. Yeah, that'll be great. What do you want to plug? Like, what do you want to plug besides the show in Connecticut on the 7th of November? I mean, like right now, I'm just in parks <laughs> across the city. So, <laughs> Sleeping on park benches. I, literally, like there's, all we have are park shows. And it's like, you know, the only the only thing different than like being like homeless and a comedian in the park is like the homeless probably have a better microphone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, so just follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram. You know, I've got some, I've got pretty good accounts at Micah Fox, M-Y-K-A-F-O-X. Great name. Love it. Micah, this was fun as hell. And we will, we will see you November 7th and we'll have whiskey waiting for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.